Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. A company that needs no introduction, Google. And when it comes to its success in Asia, Singapore has always been central. Now, since setting up its first office here 15 years ago, Google has continually supported the growing digital needs of Singaporeans and the region. Now, from the creation of its engineering team and the setting up of its first APAC data center to initiatives like Skills Ignition Singapore and digital practitioner programs for SMEs to support the country's push to become a digital first nation. So what's next? Let's find out more from Ben King. He's Managing Director of Google Singapore. Hi, Ben. Thanks for joining us. Hi there. Thanks for having me. So, Ben, Google is obviously strengthening its investments in Singapore. You've got a third data center here. The thing is, about the data center first, data centers around the world have been under scrutiny because so many of them tend to have large carbon footprints. In Singapore, of course, efforts are being made to ensure that they are more energy efficient. What are you doing about this, considering your vast global presence and considering that climate issues are at the forefront today for consumers as well? Oh, yeah, look, it's an incredibly, uh, incredibly important uh, topic and, uh, you know, without a doubt, uh, you know, this is a global imperative, not just for Google, but for many. Uh, if I think about our efforts in sustainability, it's actually multi-pronged. Uh, we're doing a range of different things and we've been working hard to take action to sort of build new solutions and, and tackle climate change in uh, multitudes of areas. I think you mentioned one uh, as, it relates, as it relates to our data centre here in Singapore, but, you know, on a global level, uh, operating responsibly as a company uh, through our offices and data centres is a, a huge priority. We have a moonshot uh, of running all our operations 24-7, carbon-free by 2030, but it goes far beyond that. Uh, we want to also help everyone uh, to make very uh, meaningful and sustainable choices through our products like eco-friendly flight routes, things like cycling routes in uh, in Singapore on Google Maps, and that's been an incredibly uh, incredibly popular uh, feature since we've launched it here, and we launched that during the pandemic. And then finally, uh, we also want to support companies, uh, cities, and then also nonprofits to help build tools to help them understand where they can improve their environmental impact uh, with data and insights as well. And, uh, you know, clearly Google is by no means the only company focusing on this. Uh, so, you know, we also know that uh, countless other organisations are building tools uh, that help us to take uh, action on climate change as well. So uh, some of this was also represented in Google for Singapore, which we ran uh, on Tuesday. We announced uh, some investments uh, into Mandai Nature as part of our, uh, you know, uh, I guess, efforts to really uh, support non-profits uh, in some of their efforts around the region as well. Thing is, Ben, you earlier mentioned Google Flights and how consumers now are able to tell with the help of Google the carbon footprint of their flights and then pick accordingly, right? Actually, this was just in the news yesterday and we were talking about this where some activists had said that Google doesn't really give people a full picture. They only look at CO2 emissions when there's so much more to aviation emissions. Do you have anything on that? Oh, look, I think... Um you know, the reality is is that the evolution of our product uh, is something that's ongoing. So at the moment, uh, you know, we represent information that we feel confident uh, in representing. We feel uh, that we want to make sure that uh, the things that we are putting forward uh, are of high fidelity. And over time, we'll evolve and improve our products uh, to meet the needs of uh, the users that we're trying to engage. Let's talk about what you're doing with Mandai Nature and other local nonprofits to address some of these climate concerns. Any specific examples of initiatives in that regard? Yeah, sure. So, look, Mandai Nature is leading the charge uh, for nature conservation in Asia, and it's great to see uh, the work they've been doing uh, in driving nature-based solutions to mitigate climate change. 
Uh, they've formed a coalition with eight recognised non-profits from the region. Uh, and, you know, the goal is to identify nature-based solutions in Southeast Asia. Their work is important uh, because research suggests that uh, nature-based solutions could contribute up to 30% of the climate mitigation needed uh, on a 2050 horizon. So we're supporting Mendo Nature in two ways. First of all, with funding. Uh, we've seen that a major challenge for nonprofit organisations in tackling the ongoing climate crisis has been the lack of credible data and evidence to inform uh, where and how to implement programs at the pace and scale required. Uh, and with our funding, the coalition, you know, we hope we'll develop an online tool that will map out areas uh, across the region in Southeast Asia that hold the key to carbon reduction and host uh, rich biodiversity. But the second area that we're investing in is by offering up the time of our Google employees, and they'll be volunteering their time to share expertise with the coalition to build uh, the initial stages of the tool. So we're excited by that uh, effort. As I say, there's two elements uh, to the work that we'll be doing with them, and we're excited to see where Mendai Nature takes things from here. Then we'll talk about tech skills in Singapore and the workforce in Singapore in just a moment and your role in all of that. But something that we should discuss is... The issue that we started the conversation with, which is data centres. In Singapore, efforts are being made to ensure that companies comply with some energy efficient guidelines. What about in other countries? When you're opening a data centre in a country that doesn't really have many guidelines or many regulations when it comes to data centres, what then? What is Google's stance and how would Google approach that? Yeah, well, thanks for the question. The reality is, is that I can talk to our efforts here in Singapore and there's uh, people uh, that are uh, you know, focused on this area across our company. It's much better place to be able to talk through uh, how we approach things in various different countries. Here in Singapore, you know, we've just launched uh, our third uh, data centre facility. Uh, you know, it's part of an ongoing investment within uh, Singapore. It's around sort of $850 million USD. And we think it's important... Uh, for a range of different reasons. Uh, and, you know, sort of central to that is that in so many ways it creates the backbone for the internet and it really helps to serve our users and our uh, businesses and partners uh, across the region. So, you know, that, that's what I can obviously talk to. I can't necessarily talk to uh, the policies that we have in other countries. And you did say, though, that overall you recognise you're not perfect. You're working towards getting more green, aren't you, as a company? Oh, by all means, yeah. I mean, we have a moonshot target to have all our operations running, uh, you know, carbon-free 24-7 by 2030. And right. that's, a, that's a journey for us, it's a journey for many companies as well. Uh, but we're committed to, you know, really trying to uh, figure out ways in which we can get there. Uh, and we're engaging with range of different partners. Uh, to understand how uh, that will be possible over time. Yeah, it's just that it's become so important because of the accelerated pace of digitalization in the last two years. So I think a lot of people acknowledge that we need data centers, for instance, and all other technology, but what kind of impact is it really having on the planet? And speaking of digitalization, AI and machine learning in such great demand across different industries. But tell us what it is about AI that employers are so eager to hire what are the skill sets that Singaporeans need to be equipped with to prepare for the future here? Yeah, well, we've seen the power of AI and machine learning in improving people's lives from a Google standpoint, first of all. I mean, AI is just so well ingrained into our daily products that we almost don't even notice them anymore, whether it be yeah. protecting users from spam and fraud or, or making devices more accessible via speech and computer vision. But the reality is, is there's so many applications to AI 
much, much uh, further beyond the four walls of, of our company. You know, businesses are looking to implement AI to solve a wide range of challenges. A couple of examples, you know, financial institutions, they can apply AI to analyze uh, alternative sources of data, whether it be, um, you know, uh, well, we wish you a consent, beg your pardon, to sort of help, uh, you know, improve credit scoring and, and making that, that more robust. If you think about Singapore, it's building a mega port into us. AI can help shipping companies ensure the right uh, sort of shipping containers right, arrive at the right port at the right time and ultimately lead to a more efficient smooth trade. These are just some small examples, or not so small examples, but some examples of how AI can be applied. But going back to skill sets, you know, many individuals in these sectors, they already have deep domain knowledge and expertise, and that's extremely valuable. But what they need uh, help with is understanding how they can effectively apply AI to solve the specific pain points and challenges that they and their customers are facing. And as a result, that's why we've seen uh, an increase in demand for these skills. That's in fact, you know, we think that numbers, uh, we're seeing numbers that are indicating that by this year alone, close to 30% of new job opportunities globally, they'll be in AI, data engineering and, and cloud computing. And so we've identified that need and, and we're trying to uh, work on solutions and work on programs which will be helpful in developing that AI competency among Singaporeans, whether it be through our Skills Ignition SG program or, or whether it be in partnership with the government to develop AI skill sets in the public sector through an, an MOU that we've just written with Singapore Smart Nation and Digital Government Group. So, uh, you know, hopefully that answers your question, but a range of different things that we're doing. Uh, but it's, you know, it's just it's part of a, a much, much larger story. Uh, mm. You know, we, we just want to be helpful uh, within the space and try to help to grow a sustainable pipeline of tech talent in the country. Well, it's very clear that not just in Singapore, in many other countries around the world, that there is a digital skills shortage. And the training and retraining of individuals needs to be accelerated you know, just thinking about this as a problem that really requires a solution and combine that with the fact that in Singapore, we're also facing the issue of a shrinking workforce. What do you think is the way ahead? What's the best approach in order to ensure that we're not in this space again in a few years where there's a skill shortage, people are just not up to date? Yeah, look, I mean, it's an incredibly important topic. I think uh, it goes without saying that Singapore needs a, a really robust pipeline of tech talent in order to, in order to remain uh, competitive uh, at a global scale. Uh, if I think about our role within uh, this, and, and, you know, our role is just to, to play a part, you know, this is going to take a, a coming together of many different partners, whether it be public sector or private sector. Uh, but our role, you know, we really felt like digital skilling was an area that we could have some of the biggest impact uh, with, you know, real focus. Uh, prior to the pandemic, it was a key focus area. During the pandemic, it was amplified and then post, it will remain critical as well. Uh, and so through our, our skilling programs like Skills Initiative SG, we want to ensure uh, that we're bridging the talent gap and unlocking more sort of high demand and, and tech job opportunities for Singaporeans. Uh, and, you know, to, to give a bit more context as to where we're focusing, I think digital marketing and cloud computing, these mm. are two areas where, there's going to be uh, a continued focus, but will continue to evolve uh, the areas of focus based on you know what we're hearing uh, from the government, what we're seeing uh, in the marketplace. Uh, so you know what looks what it looks like down the future, we don't 100% know, but we'll, we will make uh, sure that we're continually evolving to ensure that we're uh, being part of the uh, I guess the, the solution. I think going back to um, you know something that is very important to us though, and I, I talked about it just. Uh, quickly before is that we engage the ecosystem much more broadly, uh, that it's a coming together of many companies uh, and many partners 
And that's why it's something like the employer consortium, which we've rolled out, is incredibly important. You know, we have 16 companies who are open to hiring people with various different educative uh, backgrounds, including some of the various different traineeship and also certification-based coursework that we have. And that's grown to 37 within the year, and we want to continue to expand that and bring the ecosystem together uh, so as to uh, really uh, be part of, as I say, uh, trying to sort of bridge that, that talent gap over time, mm. uh, not just with Google. Uh, but with many companies around the country. Yeah, you know, that's the other thing, Ben. These days, I think a lot of tech companies have moved to not paying too much attention to an individual's pedigree. Like they wouldn't ask you what university you graduated from. A lot of them hire based on certification and things like that or skills that they learn on the job. Uh, what's your advice there to Singapore employers? Because sometimes when they fixate too much on paper qualifications, they end up really narrowing their talent pool. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, actually. I think that's why we're so encouraged by the expansion of the employer consortium that we put together. As I say, it's gone mm. from 16 to 37. That's the highest in the region in terms of the number of companies that are partaking. We're encouraged by the fact that so many companies are actually open to uh, you know different educative uh, backgrounds. As you say, if we look at things purely through a tertiary lens, then the talent gap will always exist. We do need to think a little bit more uh, creatively about that. So I think... Uh, you know, being judicious about what those various different training tracks look like, of course, but also having an openness towards different educative tracks is absolutely critical to overcoming that uh, that talent gap issue. And that would be my simple advice. Finally, Ben, give us an idea of online safety education that you guys are spearheading here as well. Yeah, look, we believe the... Uh, Look, if it's set the digital economy, it has to have an environment where people feel incredibly safe. And, uh, you know, we uh, are very committed to ensuring that Singaporeans feel that way. Certainly, you know, more vulnerable elements of the community. We want to, you know, really make sure that they're being educated, not only on, uh, you know, how to get, uh, you know, uh, or how to navigate the the online world, but how to make themselves safe. I think global tools-wise, we build these uh, various different products that are, you know, in in many respects secure by default private by design they put our users in control things like google password manager things like privacy and security checkout features but the reality is not everyone knows how to use them Uh, and certainly uh, within singapore the the way that we see it is that kids uh, and also the elderly they're probably the most vulnerable at the moment we really want to spend a lot of time and focus to really uh, try and uh, understand what they're worried about but then also help them uh, to navigate not only these tools, but the broader digital ecosystem. So as part of our announcements on, on Tuesday in Google for Singapore, we announced that we're going to be training 50,000 children and parents uh, through our Be Internet Awesome uh, program. Uh, that's really, once again, geared towards uh, bringing to life uh, all of these various different safety issues through fun and play uh, and to engage children in a really meaningful way. But we're also focused on the elderly elements of the community uh, as well. We've been doing some things there uh, to really try and help as a start uh, the elderly really understand how to, uh, you know, work with various different digital payment platforms. And this has been a big area of concern for the elderly population based on the research we've done. So mm. we'll continue to work and expand. Uh, we continue to expand those efforts over time. Uh, but yes, clearly a very, very important issue. Thanks very much for that, Ben. Ben King, Managing Director of Google Singapore. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.